1450 AM, WKXL, 103.9 in the Capital Region, 101.9 FM in the Manchester area, our brand new signal there in the Queen City and beyond. And it is in touch with Kale and Cormier. Ken Kale, Jane Cormier here. Great to have you along with us. And uh, Jane, I am going to let you have the honor of introducing our very special guest today. Well, thank you very much. So we've had Ken Iring on for a couple of our shows, right? Two shows? Two. Two. And uh, Ken is a busy man here in the politicking, or not politicking, but in, what do I want to say? Uh, letting folks know what's really happening in the state of politics here in New Hampshire. How's, is that better? That sounds good to me. Okay. And so your organization is? The Government Integrity Project. And you can, you have, your your. Do you have a website for that? We do. GIPamerica.org. GIPamerica.org. That's pretty easy. That okay. is easy. Good. We like easy. <laughs> Easy's good. And uh, government, government integrity. I don't know if there's ever been a time in our entire life that we've needed, <laughs> we've needed an organization <laughs> like that. I don't know. Just saying. The reason we need an organization like ours is because we don't have enough people like you in office. Oh, right? listen to him. When I haven't been in served, office. No, no. When you served in office, <laughs> yours was one of the votes I never had to worry about. No. Well, we were simpatico for sure. And um, I still, to this day, think that it's a huge, huge disservice when somebody uh, goes out and campaigns on a certain platform. And then they go in, and they vote on a very different platform. And it has never been happening, at least in the House of Representatives. Haven't been keeping as much uh, notice on the Senate. But certainly in the House, it, it's not been happening more than it's happening now. Yeah, you're right. Very sad. It's, it's very disappointing. Totally, totally. So government integrity, I mean integrity in general, I think. You know, at Founders Academy, I try to teach that in my chorus classes. Would you believe that you can actually teach integrity in a chorus class? Wow. You can. You can do it. <laughs> you can do it. You can do anything, Jane, that oh. you set your mind to, right? Absolutely. I think that's true. But, um, yeah, so I, I really do think, uh, who knows what next year will bring for myself, but I certainly uh, will be more present now in the process of what's happening here in New Hampshire politically. Well, that's good. We need you, Jane. Uh, I think we you know, need... There's, there's too much going on. Yeah. Uh, you know, what What I've found is that too many people are, are being turned off to the whole process. Oh. And they're not showing up. Right. I mean, look at the look at the elections, you know, just a few weeks ago. You know, the... Uh, Town elections. I, I, yeah, I live in Wyndham, and we probably had a 20, low 20% 20 turnout. Wow. For Wyndham? Yeah, and I think, I think across the state. That's, that's yeah. what's going on. And it's unfortunate because one party has very dedicated voters who show up consistently. Yeah. And the other party doesn't. Now, I'm, I'm nonpartisan. I, I'm, you know, I'm a registered Republican, but mm. I did that to help to help out with some of the things that were going on with the Wyndham GOP. But if there's a Democrat that's running and he aligns with my beliefs, I will absolutely yeah. wholeheartedly vote for that person. Yeah. You know, it's unfortunate, though, recently it seems like people who are Democrats in the Democrat Party, uh, it seems like they can't or they don't think for themselves. They go along party lines and, and for the most part, 
you know, across the board, you know, they, they go with, with party leadership. And that's not really what I expect from someone who I vote for to serve in office. I want them to represent the people. Right. To be open-minded and to be able to even discuss the, both sides yeah. so that you can come to a, a conclusion. So were the, were the elections really skewed? In, in Wyndham? They were. Uh, in Wyndham, you can count on about 1,300 Democrats to vote every time. When I say Democrats, I mean, you know, people of the, you know, liberal mindset. Mm -hmm. you know, some of those people might wind up being undeclared. But about 1,300 is the number of votes that a liberal candidate is going to get. So in order for someone who's more conservative... There has to be a turnout of a minimum of 2,600 votes to break even, a minimum. And that's assuming that all of those additional voters uh, are people of the mindset that will vote conservative. So, okay. so you know, 3,000, 3,500, 4,000, that's really the numbers that you need to be shooting for in voter turnout in order to have a more conservative town. Okay. Uh, and, and that's not happening. It's not happening across the state. So... You know, one of the things that I've observed is that you have a lot of a lot of people who who are not educated, and they vote simply on well, you know, Joe Blow is a nice guy, right? You know, I, I like him; he's very personable, so I'm going to vote for him. Right. That has nothing to do with the with the performance that they're going to uh, you know do when they once they get into office. Yes. And unfortunately, people in our town, they don't keep up with what's going on by those who are in our elected and appointed offices. So there's an awful lot of abuse. I think that that's happening. That has always happened, and I think it's happening more. I, I think in, in our time right now where we're watching such horrible world events as well, right? Up, up close and personally, you can watch the bombing of an entire country, invasion and bombing of an entire country. And for the folks that are working, right, and of course, have we ever worked as hard? Have the, has the government ever taken more taxes? Just want to ask, right? What was it? 1.3 or 6 trillion? Never before have they had more taxes. How do they get the taxes? Because we make the money because we work hard to pay our taxes, right? So while these folks are working night and day to do what they've got to do, they're not taking the time to be informed. Not all, not all. I mean, this, I think, different scenarios, but what you're talking about, I think that the people that go to vote, that are voting ignorantly but are voting, they're the ones that we want to get to. That's right. actually absolutely right. So I'm not sure what we're going to do when this next election comes up because um, the irony of this whole thing is is that the president, the Trump election, for me, was a referendum on folks being sick of politicians. He got in, I think, because he said what he thought. People knew it was a little raucous, but... They thought kind of like him, oh, or they understood yeah. what he said, and so they voted for him. But he got so tainted, and the machine works and still works so hard to make him the crazy right guy that people that are right aren't joining in. Do you think that was the, the perfect storm, Ken? I mean, uh, Trump coming along when he did, and also his opponent, who, to me, lacks considerable integrity to put it nicely 
Uh, do you think it was the perfect storm in 2016? Oh, no doubt about it. Uh, and, and in 2020 as well. Um, there was a lot of shenanigans going on around the country. You know, a lot of people refer to that as fraud. Uh, I would prefer to say that we need true investigations that, uh, and there have been, but the courts refuse to hear all the evidence. And I think that that points to corruption because never in the his history of my life have I heard of any case where people have, have filed lawsuits and the court has refused to, to hear. And some of these, some of the reasons were, you know, there was a base, baseless, there was a lack of standing. Mm -hmm. now, how, how can a lawsuit have a lack of standing in a federal election for president when the president is part of the lawsuit? Right. Yeah. Okay. Because nobody wanted to dip their foot into that water. Basically, that's what it was. So the court stayed out of it. Here's what I think. And of course, it's just me. I think that was a perfect storm. Good old Hillary, right? We, the lay folk were sick of her, and, this, and the lay folk knew she was corrupt. So she lost, and she lost on her own merit, in my mind. But now, we have the setup of a second perfect storm. I don't know if it's, I'm not talking Trump, I'm talking about writing the ship a bit. Because never have we been so impacted by bad policies <laughs> as we are right now. Right? Have we paid more for gas? Are we more secure? Uh, do we, you know, we're working harder and getting less. What person isn't impacted by that? Right. And if we can make the emotional, intelligent impact with that statement, we could have another perfect storm in 22. Yeah, you know, I think the word you use there was an emotional impact. And it's unfortunate that people now are being driven by their emotions rather than by facts. And the Democrats are very good at co-opting the message. Yes. Falsely co-opting the message, I, I should add. And, you know, that's a problem. Uh, even down to the local level, uh, we, had, we had an issue where uh, in 2020, November 2020, the general election, the, there were some discrepancies in the election day vote and then in the recount vote, and it grew, the, the losing margin grew from 24 to 420 votes. And that was a, a 0.005% losing margin to 9.6%. So it's enormous. Yeah. Absolutely enormous. And nobody wanted to um, do an investigation into that. So, you know, God bless Senator Bob Guida. He took the initiative and literally went up against all of the powers that be because he had no support in the beginning, none. And it's disturbing how many people after the fact, after he won the battle, after he passed legislation that compelled the attorney general to do what they should have done in the first place, mm -hmm. all these people stepping forward and taking credit for his work, these people are dirtbags. Yeah, totally. And you know, I hate to use language like that, but it's, it's absolutely um, shameful that people will fight tooth and nail and then come and take the credit for something that, uh, you know, in the end, a vast majority of the people in the state wanted to see happen. You know, so that whole process of the election finally drew an investigation. Uh, there was an audit that wound up being co-opted by the attorney general's office. Uh, and the Wyndham Selectman. And separate from that, uh, there was an investigation by the, uh, by the Secretary of State's and AG's office 
And that produced a report after about a year. So it was very extensive. They went back and forth asking questions to Wyndham election officials and town, town uh, leadership. And they generated an 11-page report, and it found over 130 um, election law violations uh, and procedures. Wow. Now, the outrageous part is talking about the, the you know, you use the word ignorant. You know, people might get offended mm -hmm. by that. Uh, you know, ignorant, you're not, you don't mean that to be... No, at all. Offensive. It just means not, not, not understanding. Informed. Right. Right. And unfortunately, people in Wyndham uh, were not duly informed, and that the person who uh, was our moderator was reelected. And it's sad because uh, I've got a few quotes here for, just to kind of frame how egregious um, they performed their duties, or in fact, did not perform their duties. So, from page one of the report, quote Wyndham's election night results were not just imprecise, they were fundamentally flawed. Simply put, town election officials cut corners. From page three, the moderator has a duty to accurately count all legally submitted ballots. They found that there were ballots that were submitted that were never counted. From page six, in the November 2020 general election, Wyndham officials did not follow all of the necessary instructions and statutory requirements. How can you be the senior most election official in the town, not follow all of the laws and statutory requirements, and be elected? Again, this goes back to what I was saying about the Democrats and, and the liberals in town. They come out, they vote in a block, right. and it's really difficult to get people unelected. So why does office. that happen? I'm, I'm telling you, people are, un are, are uninformed. They might be uninformed, and, but... And, and they're not motivated to go to the polls. Okay, there you go. Right. Right. So there's a few more quotes, if I don't... Yeah, please. Know, just to kind of paint the whole picture. Yeah. We can yeah. dig, dig down on this, because it was so egregious, 130 election law violations and procedures. That, to me, is just absolutely unacceptable to have in, in your senior most... Uh, you know, election official. But here, here's some more. Wyndham's moderator should have detected the failure of the testing to comply with New Hampshire law. So the machines were tested, but they didn't follow the testing procedures as defined by law. Yet those machines were put into service mm -hmm. on election day. Mm -hmm. New Hampshire law imposes a duty on the moderator to ensure that the testing complied with state law prior to using the devices at an election. But our moderator did not. He failed in that obligation. From page 10, Wyndham's procedure did not comply with RSA 659.95. Another quote, the failure to comply with legal obligations coupled with an election return submitted with significant defects has consequences. They pointed to RSA 659.77, paragraph 3, general neglect by town or ward moderator and clerk. And finally, they concluded the general, the attorney general makes a finding that the November 2020 general election returns from Wintan had significant deficiencies. How do you reelect a guy like this? Because they the didn't guy hear was in it. office for 28 years. Right. There is oh, absolutely geez. no excuse for someone with that type of quote experience unquote to have any, any errors in their running of an election. 28 years. 28 years. Oh my God. 
And when they go and they and, and in the past, I have I have made it clear to the moderators that they are violating law the way that they handle the ballots in secret, far away from the rail, without proper supervision of representatives from both parties. It's it's an ongoing problem, yeah. and it's all goes back to people vote for who they think is a nice guy, right. not the people who are going to do the job properly. Right, or not know the information of what you're just saying. I mean, even if, I don't believe if anyone knew all that stuff, even if they liked the guy, that they would vote him in again. 28 years of mismanagement. The 1,300 would, and the 1,300 yeah. did. Right, right. The 1,300 certainly would. Yep. You know, the problem with this uphill thing that we find is that when we do understand what the fight is about you can't win it on one battle and it takes so much energy of the people fighting the fight to do the right thing that year after year that's why we fall into holes because it's hard to keep up the energy right to keep that going to keep that information flowing is no joke and so those guys are sitting there probably laughing, the ones that, the 1,300, right? Ha ha. Didn't matter all that other stuff. But because they do vote in a block, they hide hide stuff, they cover for each other. It's, it's almost a, yeah, it's just not a really good way, I think, to handle a party, a political party. It's... It's like union, you know, it's like a union, you know, where you all have to be, you know, under the union boss kind of thing. God forbid anyone think individually. But, yeah, it's a problem. How, how did the number of violations in, in 2020 correspond to other years, or do you have data on that? Well, no, I don't have data on that. The, okay. the uh, investigation was only for November 2020. Okay. And, you know, I don't like speculating. Right. So 130 violations of uh, election law and procedure. Yes. In one little community. Did, it, did a lot of it have to do with uh, mail-in voting? Was that? No, let's see. It was, uh, it had to do with handling of the ballots. Okay. Uh, the boxes weren't sealed properly. Some of them weren't sealed at all. Uh, the signatures on the, on the ballot boxes uh, weren't. Not all of the signatures were, uh, were, as defined by and mandated by law, were actually part of, you know, the seals. Um, like I said, some of the, earlier, some of the ballots weren't counted. Uh, Imagine there, being someone that was in there that didn't get counted. Yeah. Horrible. Yeah. So you know, there's 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 a lot of issues that, um, the testing of the machines. Uh, were not properly tested and certified before being put into service. And that's the election where, as I mentioned earlier, there was a, a, a vast discrepancy between election day results, mm -hmm. which were machine counted, and a hand count nine days later. Oh, you know, can you it, imagine? it grew from a, a margin of 24 to 420 votes. On election day, all four Republican candidates in the state rep race were shorted by 300 votes, give or take three votes. And one of the Democrat candidates had an increase of 99 votes, phantom votes, on election day. So all of that sorted out in the recap. And that's, that's why it went from 24 votes to 420 votes. That's not acceptable. And part of that, you have to lay at the feet of the, uh, of the town moderator, because this is, this is his 
responsibility to make sure that our machines are tested properly as well as the town clerk and the assistant moderator. Amazing. Wow, a lot of uh, eye-opening revelations here to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. I know that people in Wyndham, and, and this story made made the news. I mean, I know it was on WMUR and uh, in, in many of the uh, state newspapers. Uh, so it's it's not a mystery to those who, who read and listen, but uh, it may be a revelation to some. Well, you know, going back to what Jane said about how uh, things are spun, my concerns about the Wyndham election and the drastic difference in results from November 3rd to November 12th mm. was that we didn't know what the cause was. But if you look at the mainstream media, they tried to, to categorize people like me as being you know, right-wing radicals, right. screaming about fraud, screaming about Trump and his election being stolen. I never once mentioned Trump, never once brought up the presidential race, not once. We have to take a quick break right here. We'll have uh, more with Ken Eyring from the Government Integrity Project. And uh, as Jane said, boy, do we need that now. Uh, and then some right here on 1450 AM, WKXL 103.9 FM in the Capital Region, 101.9 FM in uh, Manchester and well beyond. It is in touch. Kalen Cormier, Ken Kale, Jane Cormier here on NHTalkRadio.com. Welcome back to In Touch with Kale and Cormier. Ken Kale, Jane Cormier here. And our guest is Ken Eyring from the Government Integrity Project. And uh, we've been talking about the uh, 130 violations of election law and procedure uh, took place in Wyndham in the 2020 election in the uh, variance in uh, ballots that were counted between uh, November 3rd and the 12th, a big difference between those counted on the 3rd and then up until the uh, 12th uh, of November. How, how did it, I know, and I know you didn't mention uh, Donald Trump uh, during uh, you know any of your, your public statements and, and what have you, but how, what impact did it have in Wyndham on the presidential election? Well, we don't know, because while the auditors by law had the right to look at anything and everything and define how the audit would be handled, the three auditors that were picked all came from the same organization, Verified Voting. They all had a history with Verified Voting. So the problem with that is that you don't have a checks and balances within the process that's supposed to be doing checks and balances and looking at where the discrepancies came from. So they were all friends, they were all in lockstep with each other, and um, it, it, was, it was a real disappointment from my perspective. There were other people who had done research and investigations uh, in other states and had, and had revealed and exposed election fraud and provided evidence of the election fraud. And I believed that some of those people should have been brought in to be part of the process and win them because they'd proven that they're not going to do any kind of cover-up. Mm -hmm. And I think that's important for uh, integrity, you know, to show transparency and to show that, that the, the, all stones were unturned. But that's not what happened. A minimum amount of work was done. And and only only what was minimally defined in the law was performed. They could have looked at all the races, but they chose not to do that. Hmm. So what? So 
I'd like to go beyond that. What what does this set us up for now for, for the next election coming down the pike? Well, I think that we have to we have to think about how to get people informed. Okay. You know, because totally that, that's really what it's what it's about. Uh, there, there was a, a flyer that went out that our group sent out, our names on it, and it was about uh, Wyndham Selectman Heath Partington. He was up for re-election, and uh, you know this guy. You know, he's he's part of the group that goes out. You know, once a week. You know, there's about you know there's anywhere from a handful to a few handfuls of people who meet at a local restaurant. And they all talk about how they're going to run the town and who, who they're going to pick and who's going to run for office and, you know, what are they going to do next. And, and you know, when, when you think about that, it's really not how our government's supposed to work. It's not supposed to be, you know, in, in back, back room, you know, smoke-filled rooms. It's supposed to be out in public mm. as to, you know, how the decision-making process, uh, you know, is put into place. Well, I, I totally agree with you. The information is, is crucial. But you know what? I think we're beyond it. I think we're actually beyond the information. Here's why. I think the crucial thing that you brought up and the thing that I was talking about earlier about how the machine can polarize the person that's standing up for whatever it is they're standing up for doesn't go unnoticed. Now, all of this information for the lay folk that hears your story I don't believe that there's many that hear it that think, wow, that's really corrupt. Right? They're informed. I'm telling you, jumping the shark to the next level is where we need to go. Because unless someone has courage enough to be ready to face the inevitable machine to paint them right or crazy or they're, you know, whatever... It doesn't matter what information we get out because the folks that are hearing the information will be too Im unmoved. They're immovable. Oh, what if that happens to me? Oh, da, da, da. That then we have the same problem. We know the answer, but we have the same problem because people are staying home. It doesn't matter. It's all corrupt anyway. A lot of people are doing that right now. I've talked to many. Yeah, you know, what's also a part of that equation is that what people in Wyndham government are doing right now is so egregious mm. that it's unbelievable to the people who are uninformed. For instance, this guy, Heath Partington, all right, he has experience as a former chairman of the Wyndham Zoning Board of Adjustment, and he currently serves on the planning board as a representative of the selectmen. Mm. So, he, so he has knowledge of Wyndham zoning laws. Yet, he, his family uses a seasonal home on Cobbett's Pond that hypocritically violates the ordinances that he compels everyone else in town to follow. Right. That's one thing. Who's going to say anything? That's one thing. Right. He, he, uses, he uses his position on the board to stifle development on properties, plural, that, are, that abut his property. Properties that would be very beneficial to Wyndham because they can be commercially developed, which has minimum impact on municipal resources and a wonderful positive impact with tax dollars yeah. because it only takes like, I think, 22 or 28 cents out of every dollar and the rest goes back to, to help reduce 
personal property taxes. So that's another thing. And the last thing is he was trying to get a petition, uh, a challenge petition. And what that does is it raises the, the bar for any warrant article. And in, in this particular case, it was for a warrant article that was submitted. He wanted it to not need 50%, but 66 and 0.6% in order to be approved. And, and this was, again, a zoning-related article that affected property that abuts uh, his property. And what he did is he was going around his neighborhood to, to, to his neighbors and asking them to sign the protest petition. And one of the people who lives in the neighborhood answered the door. He asked her to sign the petition. She said she wanted to read it and review it and get back to him. He became indignant and said, do you know who I am? I'm a Wyndham Selectman. And started to get really snotty with this woman. She said, I'll read it and I'll get back to you. She closed the door. He walked around her property into the backyard, came around to the front door, knocked on the front door and let her know you have a code violation in your backyard. She took that as a veiled threat. It was. Mm. And then... Subsequent to that, he sent her text messages that she found to be highly offensive. She used the word racist. I did, I did not use the word, but that was her word. So we have a selectman who did all of these things. We put out a, a mailer to the town, and all of his buddies, like you said, Jane, they all circle the wagons. They all, they all make it sound like all of this is just a political hit piece. Yeah. All of this is factually accurate. People are being bullied in the town. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that's a problem is that when this happens, people realize that if I step up and run for office, I'm going to be bullied. Right. Right? Not because of people like me, right. but because of people like Keith Partington right. and everyone in his ilk, because they're the ones who believe they own our government. Yep. And you're not allowed to run unless they bless you, unless they pick you and ordain you to be worthy of holding a seat in our town. Yeah, you're not wrong. And, at, and that is a perfect example of what's going on. And it's going on at every level of our government. It's going on in the rep races. It's going on the congressional federal races, on people putting in candidates to try to absorb votes from someone within the within the party That's right. that it's they don't the want to have it. It's all the same. So, so the answer is you have to get numbers. You, I think, in answer to that, the only way to beat that or to fight it, you know, to try to have a, a way to try to beat it, is to get enough people regular people right that you know that have nothing to do with politics and absolutely get into these races and drown them i mean it i have a list of 12 12 reps i'm going at and i'm going to find creative ways to make their communities know what they have done as sitting house of representatives what their attendance records were, how many times they voted against their platform, what they voted, what they said they were going to vote for in the campaign, and how their record did not stand up to muster, right? And I'm going to try to find multiple people to take those folks on in. That's what we've got to do. Right. And, you know, 
to get back to something you said earlier is it takes a lot of work to yeah, do it does. that. Unfortunately, people who are on the other side of the aisle don't care about facts. They don't care about the right. truth. They make stuff up, throw it against the wall, and whatever sticks. That's they right. Work with it's it. easy, isn't it? It's easy when you lie. That's right. Except I'm on the verge of, of potentially filing two lawsuits against two of our town uh, elected officials for slandering and libeling me. Okay. Right? Because yeah. people have to be held accountable. You cannot use your public office in order to promote your agenda. Indeed. Absolutely. And, and that's a troubling thing to have to come to that level, right? That we're going to have to go to a court of, a law, court of law. That's right. To stand up to bullies. Bullies. That's all it's about. It's bullies. And the truth is, is until enough people are upset enough about this and are willing to put their, you know, put their money and everything else on the line to do it, we can't beat that machine. We've just got to find a way. I tell you, I wouldn't want to be one of those 12, let me tell you. you it's a good thing, too. Yeah. <laughs> Believe me. <laughs> this is In Touch with uh, Kale and Cormier. Ken Kale, Jane Cormier here, and our special guest, Ken Iring from the Government Integrity Project. And we'll be back with more right here on WKXL and NHTalkRadio.com. Welcome back. It is In Touch, Kale and Cormier, Ken Kale, Jane Cormier, and another Ken. Ken Iring is with us from the Government Integrity Project. I, I want to ask you, Ken, how much uh, you're concerned about the way both the local and national mainstream media covers voter fraud. Do you have any concern about that? Well, like I said earlier, I, I don't use the word voter fraud. You know, I, I look at each individual situation, and if there are questions that are raised, I believe they should be investigated, thoroughly investigated, unbiased, with representatives from all perspectives to make sure that everybody's interests are are represented throughout the process. Yeah, everybody's vote should count. Absolutely. Well, yeah. But, I mean, I don't think the mainstream media does enough with it. I, I oh, really don't. Oh, going to touch it. Are you kidding me? Yeah, Especially. you won't find it talked about in many places. <laughs> it, this, uh, this, uh, this thing delivered them the administration that we currently have. Yeah, exactly right. And, I mean, there are more ways to commit voter fraud than just at the ballot box or mail-in voting. I, I mean, you know, it just came out recently that the New York Times finally said oh. that all the allegations against Hunter Biden and his laptop oh. were accurate. Imagine that. And true. Yeah. Yeah. And the New York Times. New York Times. The old gray lady. All right. the news that's fit to print. Yeah. But <laughs> they, they were the only one, really, that I know of that actually came out and admitted. Yeah. That they were wrong. Why did they do that? You know you what? Know, and I don't know. That's a that's a that's the million dollar question. <laughs> do you think right they there. wanted to write that story? I don't think so. It doesn't matter at this point. I know. I guess it doesn't. But it does certainly throw some shade on those that were on their high horse, saying, "Oh, you know, they're crazy. They're crazy. Look what they did." But now, when you have the discussion. Maybe it won't be me because I get too hot and hot and fiery. But maybe if you have the discussion on the Biden computer, it's a graphic example of how inverted it all was, how upside down and inside out it was, because it was true. 
You said it wasn't true. Your side thought that that was crazy talk. Crazy talk. Look at it. New York Times. Mm. Ouch. Yeah. Right? But nobody else has apologized. I mean, at least I give them credit for doing that much. I'll never give them credit. Well, yeah. uh, I can't either. do it. Yeah, well, they, I they mean, have they have their well, own motivating you reasons. You bet. Maybe it's not, it's it's not because so what, they want what to are they? <laughs> uh, what are they? They I were going to get like, caught. Yeah? There was something was going to happen. They leaked it before it came out. That's what I think. I think there's a much bigger story here and we're just getting the top little piece of it and they figured, "Hey, we're going to get really smacked with this. We better be the ones to let it out." That's what but, I but think. But who's going to cover it? I mean, it's going to be Newsmax, it's going to be Fox News, it's going to be the New York Post, the Boston Herald. I know. Who's going to cover it? Yeah. Nobody's out. Nobody else is going to cover it, no yeah. matter what happens. You're right. You're right. Yeah. But you see, that's where we fail. We fail because we we, and I don't mean we, and I don't mean you. I mean, in theory, the people that really want to make a change for getting us back to constitutional republic that we are, we fail because we become so overwhelmed with what you just said, which is the truth. Why fight? Yeah. Why fight it? But I mean, I, I know some polls have been taken uh, that if voters had known that those allegations were true or the allegations were made at all, I know it because a lot of people didn't even know about it to begin with. Right before election day, twenty twenty, that it would have swung it oh, ten to fifteen percent. I was shocked, and I saw two different polls at the numbers. It was like it was over thirty three percent. One over, of them over thirty three. Yeah, over I didn't hear that high, but yeah. One of them was over. Yeah. Th- I thought, my God, that's a third of the of the of the votes would have changed. I mean, 10 to 15 would have done it. I mean, yeah. There were a lot of Republicans, yeah. I'm telling you, that voted for Biden. You know why? Because they believed the machine in Mr. Twitter. That's why. Yeah. Because he was oh, venal yeah. in Twitter. And and they thought, that's not presidential. And the left banged us to death with it. And there were people that actually bought that argument. And that's why they switched. My brother was one of them. God bless his soul. Right? We had these long, what are you doing? He's sorry now. Every time he goes to fill up the truck, he's very sorry. But it's a little bit too late now. Yeah, and oil in your in your, uh, in your tank yeah. to, heat, to heat your homes. Yeah. It hit 529 yeah. a couple weeks ago. Sure. A gallon. Sure. Wait till we... That's s- insane. What about food? Food hasn't hit food. its food yet. I've been food reading yet. articles that say the cost of food in the, in the upcoming months is going to increase by $1,000 a month. Yeah. How's that? How is that going to, to work? So that's, that's why I say to you, if we can find a groundswell of folk to be patriots, call them patriots, we don't want politicians and go in and flood it. Flood it with as many, I don't care what you've done, I don't care what you know, I don't care who you are. If you believe in our republic, go and jump into office, flood it, and and see what happens because all of this bad stuff is going to change minds. That'll be a perfect storm. But we've got to have the people in there ready to do it. I think anyway. But there are so few that are willing to step up, as you know. Sometimes you have yeah. to you have to be the voice that's rah rah. It does make a difference. Yeah, it no, really does. No doubt about it. Hey, I'm curious about what you think about uh, Governor Chris Sununu saying that he's going to veto the redistricting for the congressional districts. You know, I'm not up on that enough. 
I am not a supporter of his policies, of most of what he's implemented this past cycle. Um, but I keep getting people that I really respect uh, different different uh, scenarios on that. So I'm really not sure. Well, you know, I, I've, I've been wondering for a couple of years why he is a registered Republican. Uh, me too. Because he acts like a Democrat. He is a Democrat. He just, he likes the... The, the way that he can... He has a Democrat base. Of course he a does. A substantial Democrat yeah. base. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you look at what's going on in states like uh, California and New York with their redistricting, if all that goes through, and it looks like it will, there will be a total of seven Republican, Republican-leaning districts out of all of the seats of those two states. That's lovely. You know, but... So Nunu looks at what's going on, and, and, and what our legislature tried to do is balance, uh, you know, towns, and they only shifted a few towns around. Yeah. You know, but it made CD1, it, it added towns like Wyndham, which is a, a more conservative Republican-leading town, in with other conservative Republican-leading towns, and it removed uh, the city of Manchester and some other uh, towns into CD2, you know, to kind of balance that out. Right. And, and, you know, with that, you know, the thought is that the Republicans would have a better chance to win one of the seats. Mm -hmm. But is going to veto that. Yeah. And, you know, the, that formula, the current, the current makeup of the districts has provided New Hampshire with Democrat representation in our congressional seats for as long as I can remember. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, absolutely. We have to jump in and take a quick break here. We're heading down the home stretch of uh, this edition of In Touch with Kale and Cormier. Ken Eyring is our guest from the Government Integrity Project. Uh, we'll be back with more right here on WKXL and NHTalkRadio.com. Only a couple of minutes left here in this edition of In Touch with Kale and Cormier. Ken Eyring is with us from the Government Integrity Project, and we only have uh, a minute and a half or so, Ken, but anything that uh, you would like to leave our listeners with today? Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree with Jane that people have to get involved, and I would encourage people to reach out to the Government Integrity Project at GIPamerica.org. If you go to the contact tab, you'll see that there's ways to reach out to us. Uh, please sign up and tell us whether you'd just like to be kept informed, if you'd like to volunteer. Uh, we have a lot of initiatives that we're going to be pursuing this year. I'm sure we'll be working with Jane. We've been talking uh, a little bit off to the side as to some of the things that we could be doing. You know, but the bottom line is that you know we have a government in America. It's a unique form of government. It's it's bottom up. You know, we the people are the government. We have representatives who are supposed to be looking out for our interests. It's America first. It's New Hampshire first for our state, America first for our country. And for some reason, we've got an awful lot of people serving in government that uh, don't embrace that philosophy. So those are the people that we need to look at and try to find replacements for. Indeed. Amen. And, and I feel quite strongly that Jane will be very much involved. I, I just have that feeling. Don't, don't ask me why, but I, I do. Every time I hear that word amen, 
It reminds me of a very nice woman. She's a nurse. Uh, she was arrested and charged for oh. saying amen at the, at the October 13th Executive Council You're meeting horrible. when nine Americans were arrested for no apparent reason under the watch of Governor Sununu. Yeah. And he has remained silent about that ever since. It's a, it's a shameful embarrassment for our state. And on that note, that'll have to wrap it up for this edition of In Touch. Thanks to our guest, Ken Eyring. And we will see you next time right here on WKXL and NHTalkRadio.com.